Hello, everybody. It is your grateful host, Megan Wren. So happy to be here as always. Welcome to the Master Energy Podcast. Throwing you all for a loop with a different little introduction there. Um, today, we have a special guest, Dr. Eric Pearl. And Eric Pearl is the author of The Reconnection. And his newest book is called The Direct Path. And Eric started his journey as a chiropractor. And he goes through his journey of being a chiropractor, kind of having a spiritual awakening in himself, and then going on to teach healing to other people. And, you know, this episode does get a little bit like out there, but there are some really, really good gems in here. And I'll be honest, I had to listen to the podcast twice (laughs) after being in it because there was just so much. But what I really love about how Eric communicates the reconnection and healing in itself is that it's it's really question-based. And I love one of the quotes that he says in this episode is that the answers come in the questioning, not in the answers. So I think this episode in a really beautiful way opens up our thought process so that we can have a, a different level of thinking, a different understanding, and just a different perspective on looking at our health the state of being, what it means to be a human being rather than like a human doer and how we can open ourselves up to receive our own healing and how we are all reconnected. So it's a really, it's a really interesting podcast and bear with it, bear with it. It's kind of some of this. And especially if you're, you're hearing someone, you're like, well, there's just no way I don't believe that. Honestly, keep listening. There's like really little nuggets of wisdom in here that you will find. And I understand how you feel when you hear some of these things, but enjoy it. It was a fun one. And without further ado, here is Dr. Eric Pearl. Eric, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Would you mind starting by introducing yourself to our listeners? Introducing myself? um, I'll have to look my name up. (laughs) Um, Oh, I see it over here. It says, Dr. Eric Pearl, the doctor is the formality. They um, actually, we actually decided to put a doctor on the cover of um, the very first book even because of the topic being about healing. And as we know from the background story, it's um, it's a little, more than a little bit unusual. And um, we figured a lot of people would be looking at books at the time. There were still bookstores then a lot of them and saying, oh, I don't know if I want to read this. Oh, but this one's written by a doctor. So I'll look at that. And they see the word doctor, the title doctor. And so they remove their blinders to what we remove our blinders to what truth is. If we like or feel we should respect Mm -hmm. the source of it, when really the only source of truth is truth itself. And so everything is a sharing it's it's really it's it's really a sharing and um the blinders are our own so yes dr eric pearl i go by that but let's just say eric because that's a whole lot easier and nicer warmer all right so let's let's just ding right into it so you have a program called reconnective healing Correct. Correct. Yes. And then we have a couple books. Can you tell us what reconnective healing is? 
the pause was because instinctual knowingness is to say no. No one really knows exactly what reconnective healing is. And a lot of people will insist that they do. And if someone insists that they know how to explain it and just what it is, go get an ice cream or something because it'll be a whole lot more beneficial than listening to something that people make up. Generally speaking, on healing at, the, at a grand level, the more certain people are that they're explaining it and the more detail they give you are the two hallmarks of they have no idea what they're talking about. Because we might as well start with, I don't know. And then explore. So we sort of have to look at healing itself. The way healing tends to be taught and shared today are through what we know of as our energy healing techniques. Now, already that begins to bring us into subsets of subsets, into finite aspects of something that is truly infinite. For example, energy is not everything. Now, we learned forever, oh, everything is energy and everything is energy. Eh, maybe there's something more. Maybe the energy envelopment in which life exists, in which matter exists, is just like this huge, giant bubble, the outside of which is not so easy to fathom because it's so immense. And everything that's been within our bubble of energy has really existed in this, what we perceive of, and perception is a whole other question by itself. Um, this bubble of energy is a bubble of time and space. Now, really, if we listen to some of the cutting edge researchers and speakers today, such as um, Donald Hoffman, or um, well, let's let's just or, or um, how about um, Bernardo Castro? We understand that the concept of time and space is really falling apart at the seams, and we won't be relying on that very much longer. But we all already knew that time and space were kind of illusory pictures. So. Inside this bubble of height with time and space, our four-dimensional energy bubble, everything's been expanding. And the bubble, the limitation, has been becoming more sheer, more permeable. And interacting outside of that bubble with light and information, aspects of which we haven't seen in here in our little height with depth time bubble of energy. But Let's not go outside the bubble yet. Let's just stay with what we're familiar with. So within this bubble of only energy, we have created techniques, different kinds of Reiki, this bubble, this bubble, this bubble, this bubble, sub-bubbles of Shigong and Jinshin and Jovray and new techniques and old techniques and coming techniques. And every technique seems to take a portion of energy as a subset of energy, light, and information, and then reduce it to subsets of the energy. And we fall in love with our techniques. We feel very secure in the techniques because then we know what to do, except we don't realize that it's never been about doing. It's about being. So 
what reconnective healing is, it's the reconnection of healing itself. We sometimes, I, I used to say, it's reconnecting us to our greater fullness. It is. It's also reconnective healing. It's the dissolving of all of our little bubbles of techniques, these membranes that hold in subportions of energy. And when those little containers, those bubbles disappear, suddenly all of the energy that's been segregated comes together. So Reiki, Jirage, and Shin Shigong, all of it becomes accessed with reconnective healing. Whether we've ever learned it, whether we've never learned it, because it's nothing to learn. It's a state of being. It's about receiving. So it's reconnecting, healing itself, which is us, because the healing that we're looking for, we already have, because we already are. Now, that's sounding rather esoteric and out there, and I'm not sure I can follow this. And we're going to make it simpler at times while we talk today. The thing is, just to feel, not just to feel better, but to feel better, let me share with you this. This conversation will not all or necessarily mostly be fully retained cerebrally in the brain. It is, however, being absorbed and assimilated. And that's really important because every experience we have with our healing techniques are finite little blocks. And what we're really looking for is the infinite that we are. So reconnective healing gives us, each reconnective healing experience gives us a glimpse of the infinite that we are. So how are we infinite? Well, we exist in physical form of matter. I mean, we got, goodness sakes, we used to think that the brain being matter emitted energy. You know, we've all heard that it creates energy. No, it doesn't. We are energy. And this human experience is us energy focalized into a material form that we can touch and smell and feel and taste. You are infinite, Megan. You're infinite. You're infinite before you were born into that body. You are timeless. You will continue after that body leaves. Every experience is finite. It's limited. Our human experience on earth is finite. The, the experience of laughter in a movie is finite. Everything has a beginning, a middle, and an end, every experience. But we are infinite. And so this these glimpses are glimpses of the infinite that we are. And each glimpse brings forward more glimpses. And we tend to step forward into life with more of that cognizant awareness that we are infinite beings. So we'll call awareness with a little a and awareness with a capital A. Awareness is what we think of with the brain, cognizance with a little a. Awareness with a capital A 
is like consciousness with a capital C. It just is. So we are material formed from consciousness with a capital C, awareness with a capital A. It's not the other way around. All right, that's enough to start a confusion. I see the question mark on your face. So <laughs> you ask, and then we'll talk in the direction of your questions and thoughts. Okay, so you're, 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 can you say the awareness and the consciousness part again? Our brains and our bodies, our material don't emit awareness or consciousness. Right. right. We are awareness the awareness. And consciousness is what we are. It is the infinite. Okay. And we are experiencing finite material existence here by being focalized in a way where we can see each other and right. hear each other and experience at this level. There's no journey to take in awareness because we are awareness. You know, Rupert Spira, who's a wonderful speaker, says, um, and I'm paraphrasing, so I hope I get it right. Um, the journey, when the journey into God, call it God, love, the intelligence of the universe, that great watermelon in the sky, whatever word you want, um, you know, we human beings run around and murder people over using the wrong word when it comes to religion, but that's a whole other topic. Um, the journey to God, when it ends, the journey in God begins. It's the recognition that we are that. It's not about religion. It's nothing to do with religion. Reconnective healing has nothing to do with religion. And yet, there's spirituality in everything. For goodness sakes, there's spirituality in your smartphone, believe it or not, in all the communications that go on in everything that exists. So I've sort of started in the middle. Talk to me here, or we'll go back to the beginning, and then we'll bring people here. Okay, well, let's go back to the beginning. Okay. I was born on a rainy Tuesday night. That was sort of my beginning, but it really isn't, is it? When is it the beginning? Is it the beginning when the child is born onto the planet? Is it the beginning when um, the zygote forms? Is it the beginning when your parents meet? Is it the beginning when your two sets of grandparents? When is the beginning? It's, it's only something we recognize. It's, it's so sub subjective. But the beginning to this, I'll pick a subjective point, okay? is that I'd practiced chiropractic. I was in my 12th year of practice. I um, went home one night. I'm not going to go into deep into the story, but let's just say I went home one night, closed my bedroom door, turned off the light, went to sleep, and an hour later, I'm awakened by a bright light. I opened my eyes to see what happened, and it's nothing seemingly spiritual or metaphysical. It's just the lamp next to my bed turned itself on. I had that lamp for 10 years. It never turned itself on before. And my bedroom door was somehow open. So I immediately jumped to the conclusion that maybe there's someone in my house. I got up, I grabbed the largest knife I could find, um, an empty can of pepper spray because I thought it could make me look intimidating. And my Doberman pincher, who was hiding behind my knees, went hunting through the house, couldn't find anyone, 
went back to bed, went to turn that little round button off. You know, that's on pretty much every lamp in America. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't clicked on. It was just rotated enough to ignite that light bulb. But you see, I knew that wasn't me because I'm, you know, a little OCD. I, I'm a clicker. I'm a shutter. Doors are locked. Toothpaste cap is on. Lamps are clicked. And um, my door was not partially shut, so it could have blown open and there was no wind anyway. And I don't know how the lamp turned itself on, but I thought if someone's here after looking through the whole house and I couldn't find anyone, I figured if they let me wake up, they let me wake up. So I went into work that morning, that Monday morning, and um, immediately as I walked in, my employees started saying, what happened to you over the weekend? You look so different. You sound so different. And I, I really didn't want to go into a story. And there was a really interesting story that happened that weekend. Um, I just sort of said nothing. And I went in to adjust my first patient. And when I finished adjusting my first patient, I said, close your eyes, relax for a minute or so. I always said that. So the adjustment could settle into place um, before they got up off of the chiropractic table. Well, when he opened his eyes, he said to me, um, my first patient, who walked into the room while I was here? I said, no one. Why? He said, no. I mean, the person who stood in the doorway. I said, no one stood there. He said, I heard them. No one was there. I felt them. No one was there. We went back and forth and back and forth. And I could tell he didn't really believe me. But finally, he said, okay. All right. I figured something's going on with him that day. I went in, I adjusted my next patient when she opened her eyes. She said, who walked into the room when I was lying here? I said, nobody. Why? She's the person at the door. No one was at the door. I heard them. No, you didn't. I felt them. No, you didn't. Back and forth, back and forth. Seven different patients on that one day insisted someone walked into the room, stood there, walked around them, ran around the table, and two of them actually looked me straight in the eye and said it felt as if someone was flying around the ceiling. Now, 12 years of chiropractic practice, no one's saying anything like that to me before, and seven people on one day, you would think that would catch your attention. And it did. But there were other things sort of um, competing for my attention, which was other patients I was holding my hands near started having involuntary movements. Hands would move, fingers would move, uh, muscles in their face would pull. Um, when they opened their eyes, they told me they were seeing colors they'd never seen, smelling flowers they hadn't smelled. Um, one patient on that first day, who came in in a wheelchair, left without needing the wheelchair. Stop. No, I can't because <laughs> I know what this sounds like, but it is only no, the no, beginning. No. I love it. It's, <laughs> um, this started happening for a few days. Then I started getting calls from some of my patients who had little kids who were also patients of mine saying, you know, what did you do? My kid has epilepsy or cerebral palsy, and now they're not having seizures. They're not needing their meds. They're walking and they're running. They're playing normally. What's happening? What did you do? And I said, I didn't do anything and don't tell anyone. Of course, the more I said that, obviously things were going on. And soon media started coming and researchers started coming saying, we seem to be detecting aspects of what they called light and information that we hadn't really seen here before. So more and more led to that. People started asking me to teach this. I said, teach it. I said, I'm standing there waving my hands in the air. You're looking like an idiot. You go outside, do it yourself. See what your neighbors say about you. But um, I finally agreed to have um, 
to give a, a little class was somewhere in um somewhere in, in Los Angeles area by the beach. There was an adult school called the Learning Annex. They had 25 people scheduled. I came in. I had notes of how I was going to try to teach this. I looked at them. I looked at my notes. I knew it would do me no good. I threw the notes away. I opened a massage table. I let one person lie down. I shared the story with them. I let, the, the, let them feel it. I let them go back and forth and interact. And they were able to bring those same responses in people. People started having healings right then and there. And um, the way I kind of put it is that I released um, 25 new healers onto an unsuspecting planet. Let's just say my phone rang so much that I had to go out. <laughs> I hate to date myself by saying this, but I had to buy my very first computer because my person at the phone uh, couldn't handle it. Now, there's an interaction with this. And... Um, Want to play a game? Yeah. Okay. If it doesn't work out, people can decide to quit listening right here. Okay. Or we'll see. Um, here, your right hand is what's up. Open your right hand for a second. Now, right, perfect. You don't have to turn it all the way, just part way. So it's easy. Spread the fingers. Spread your fingers. Good. So you can sort of feel it stretch at the skin on your palm and hold your fingers still. Right? Now, I'm just feeling. Um, I thought you were holding your fingers still. Are you watching? Watch your hand. Don't look directly into your hand. I won't let you have dead space. Watch your hand right there. Now, look at you. Oh, you see your fingers just jump? I saw one jump, yes. Okay, well, hold on, because I saw some earlier in your thumb too, so let's keep watching. Now, when I do this, you either feel nothing, keep watching your hand, or you feel something. You tell me. I felt when you did this, I felt my energy move down with it. Okay. And and you're where again in the country? In LA. Uh-huh. And I'm over here outside of Chicago. So everyone is touching and no one is touching. We really recognize this. Now, watch your fingers directly as I wiggle mine. Do you see the movement of your little finger? I I feel it. I don't see it. Okay. Well, the camera angle picks it up well. Now, as I sort of stretch or pull my hand backwards, now you saw your finger jump, didn't you? I, I guess so, yeah. Because you keep looking at the camera. Watch your hand. Or just watch the replay and you'll understand. Okay. Here, start with a fresh hand. Use your other hand. Okay. Hold it up. Now, you're going to open your fingers Feel the pull, and you're going to do your best to watch your fingers and not let them move, okay? And I'll just play from here. Oh, you're not doing too well at that, are you? Did you just see your index finger move and then your pinky move? No. No. Okay, hold on. Nothing? You're not seeing any I of see, I see my pinky move. Okay, pinky good. Move. Put your hands down because I'm getting worried that one of us needs a prescription and I don't think it's me. <laughs> I can see just fine. And you're going to laugh more when you watch the replay. Okay, good. Okay, okay, can't wait. So something is happening, but how? How? So here's the concept. Here's what throws most healing off. Let's start with this point. Healing techniques 
are designed, infinite design, not the mental design of the teachers who want to keep selling us the techniques. Healing techniques are designed to self-dissolve. Just like training wheels on a bicycle are designed to be taken off of the bicycle. You don't keep adding second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth sets of training wheels to your kid's bicycle, do you? Because they'll master the bicycle with training wheels, but they'll never master the bicycle until they come off. We can master all the energy healing techniques we want and have all the certificates on our walls that we want, but we're never going to master healing until we allow the technique to dissolve, to dissolve and to stop basing our self-worth on the number of pieces of papers, i.e. certificates, we've gotten on our walls for a new weekend of this course, that, and the other. We have to realize that we are healing. So how is that? I didn't send anything to you. Jillian and I, when we teach, or when we do our own, when we facilitate distance healings, even from our home, um, or when we teach, we teach re in Reconnective Healing, we teach you how to receive instead of send. And well, how does that make any sense? Megan, if you wanted a healing from me, you would expect me to send you one. That's the logical way that most people think cerebrally about healing. The truth is, as distance, time, and space disappears, we start to recognize more and more that we are all one. We have the illusion of appearing separate. And the way I wrote the first book, the first book is called The Reconnection, Heal Others, Heal Yourself. It's a wonderful book. It's funny. It's loud. It's not as quite as deep as the way we're talking right now in some ways. Um, it's in 40 languages, and I love it. Love it. And yet the language at the time was the way I viewed this. It felt as if healing frequencies were coming in and we were sort of sending and facilitating healings and doing healings and all those, all of those words that languaging but truth doesn't change truth remains truth truth is truth is truth but the human's understanding of truth changes and grows hopefully and so our understanding of what's going on is that Megan, you and I are one. And uh, if you don't mind the concept of a crowded room, which is never crowded because it's infinite space, everyone watching this interview, we are all one. I guarantee you that people who are watching the interview, those of whom who said, what's happening with my hands, started to feel their own experiences. And they'll tell you, they'll tell you, they start to have it themselves even though I didn't think to invite them in, don't have to, because they know it. So if you and I are one, how can I send you a healing? Can I send something to myself? Well, sure, if I go to the UPS office, but otherwise, probably not. Because as soon as I spend, as soon as I send something to you, it means that I'm over here and you're over there. It has to cross distance. It means that we are separate. But are we? If we are one, and once we realize that, then my receiving is your receiving. So, uh, 
I'll invite everyone else to do this. You might not want to do it right now, or you might, but your face will be off camera. <laughs> if you do, okay. I was going to invite you to stand up. Can you stand up and be on I camera? I can. I can. Okay, stand up for me. All right. And everyone else watching, stand up. Okay. We're going to do this all at once. All right. Ready? Perfect. Right. Okay, everyone standing in place now. What I want you to do is take a step toward yourself. You can't really do it, can you? So sit down, everyone sit down. Let's talk about that. You <laughs> I did can't like a take a step toward step yourself. into myself. Right. Because whatever direction you step in is away from you, isn't it? We go looking to send healings to someone because we think of ourselves as separate and distinct. We go, well, there are 8 billion people walking around the planet, 8 billion souls. Yeah, from the top, but there's really only one being or spirit or whatever word we want to use. We look out on the ocean and we see tens of thousands of waves, but are they separate and distinct or is there just one ocean? Really, when the ripple recognizes that it is the pond, that's the moment. When we recognize that we are one, all I can do is receive a healing. When I receive healing, you receive healing. When I allow myself to be in receivership from this field, then your body went into receivership because your being went into receivership. So my healing is your healing. Your healing are the, is the healing of the people you love. It's a healing of the people you may work with that you like. And it's even a healing of the people that you absolutely can't fill in your own expletive stand. Um, Those people heal too. So I have a question uh -huh. about what you, like when you had me do this and you were moving your hand, was that yeah. you opening yourself up to receiving in our energy connecting to where I could feel that? Mostly it was me receiving. Yeah. But we can't really connect because we're already one. And that's what this was showing you. Mm -hmm. See, the word reconnect is an interesting word. When it first came about, I thought, well, why isn't the word connect? Why is it reconnect? I don't know, but I played with it. We have never disconnected. No one has, but our inability to recognize that we are all one, that's the illusion of disconnection. Now, things appear physical. They appear, therefore, to be separate. This cup appears on screen to be separate from this vase holding the flowers. And on in one respect, on this earthly four-dimensional plane, it can be viewed that way. And you being in California and me being here are separate. So what was happening as I was receiving? I wasn't sending. So how is it affecting you? That means we are one. You could say we're part of the same field. We're part of the same beingness. This is Part of what's really exciting about reconnective healing is the willingness to be comfortable in the seeming chaos of not knowing. It's an innocence. It's what allows each healing to be your first healing. Like each 
newborn to be the that very first newborn child you know people will say all the time what was your most dramatic healing as if i keep it in a vase over the fireplace and i dust it off and i take it down i show you it's always the most recent one even talking about it is what's really exciting because it's it's not what you expect I, you know i went home on a Thursday or Friday night thinking I was a doctor, I came back in on a Monday and I was something else. My parents always told me I was something else, but this is probably not what they had in mind. And then I thought, oh, this is some kind of a gift that I have, thinking it was just something that I had. I didn't consider it something that could be taught. I didn't consider it something that could be shared. So it's very exciting to find that one match lights another match, lights another match. It's really fascinating to understand that once we let go of all the externals, the needs for the, the wands and the crystals and to wear certain colors, but not other colors during our healings and to move our hands clockwise and to move the chakras clockwise but what happens when we're on a plane and we're crossing an equator do we have to then reverse it counterclockwise um because the water in australia flushes down the toilet backwards than it does up here i mean all these shoulds and shouldn'ts are all continuously instilling fear in us because we are living in an illusion really obscuring who we are We had really gray, cloudy skies here the past two days. A lot of people walked outside and went, oh, the sky's gray. But it isn't. The sky is always blue. The gray obscures our recognition of this. Healing is not something that you can give to someone. Healing is who we are. During the reconnective healing experience, it becomes revealed. We reveal ourselves to ourselves. We're looking outside for things. That's why we take all these journeys. That's why we give our internal power away to externals. I need this crystal. I need this amulet. I need this wand. I need to create this set of symbols or draw these symbols in the air. Everything that we add to ourselves are bringing in those gray clouds. When these healings first started happening, I had people coming from all around the world saying, oh, I can help your healings be better. I was sent and, and some were hugely prominent healers and others, you know, were, you know, maybe less known. Put these flowers in the room. They'll keep ghosts away. Move in this direction, not this direction. Set up crystals in this place. Set up statues of, of, Mary or Jesus or this entity or that entity. Shake off the negative energy. You're taking on, everyone's running around in the healing world at that time in fear that they were taking on negative energies and they were trying to shake it off and spray themselves down with alcohol. And the more of these things I was doing, the less and less the healings were coming about. Until one point I realized that you are the healing. And when we share at this level, we recognize that we are one. It's when we start adding to ourselves that we start obscuring our own recognition. 
So before you get lost in your questions, ask that one. Uh, I have two. Good. Um, well, they kind of, they, I don't know. But anyway, what are we sharing and what are we receiving? <laughs> you know how a lot of people in quantum physics would say, um, there are these molecules here and these molecules here. The point is they could never really find the molecule. They couldn't pick it up and place it into their hand. The molecule appears, the molecule disappears. Maybe visually, but it doesn't really. The molecule is part of the field. So it shows up like a ripple or a wave. And then it returns to the field. Um, you can't pull a ripple out of the water and place it in your hand. It doesn't separate. It's, it's part of what is. So what we are receiving is who we are. It's awareness. And that is our healing. It's awareness with a capital A. It's sort of as if in the vibration and the resonance. Let's look at it this way. Imagine that there is this... Um, 150-year-old ship that sinks out in the ocean. And it's found, and it's brought up to the surface. And on it is this huge bell, that big ship bell, you know, the kind you ring the clangor on and everything. It's covered with rust. It's been under the ocean for 150 years. It's covered with rust. So you go to try to clang it, and all you get is like a dull thud. But with each little vibration of the ringer the rust starts to fall away the rust has been obscuring the beauty of the bell even the beauty of the sound as we receive ourselves in the experience of the energy light and information from reconnective healing the rust the obscurations of us fall away the truth of you is that you're healthy so we facilitate a healing for someone who, for example, isn't able to move their arm more than parallel high to the ground. We facilitate a healing. And now they've got x-rays. They had surgery, this, that, and the other, but they haven't been able to do this for 20-some years. And then suddenly they're free there. And that healing, reconnective healing, most usually is fairly immediate and doesn't need touch-ups. It tends to be lifelong. What's happened is, this has always been the truth of that human being. The injury was not. The cold, the flu, the COVID, the liver, kidney problem, whatever we're suffering through is not the truth of who we are. The truth of who we are really is and I don't mean to sound Pollyanna, but it's really happiness and love. Inside, we are happiness and love. But we tend to get confused because we buy into our experiences. So let's say you're having a really rough day and you're feeling frustrated about things not working out well. So say, I am frustrated. You, like out loud? Yeah. So, I, right. I don't I don't want to. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> but but I will. I'm frustrated. I don't feel frustrated. I'm frustrated. Oh, that's good. It's an example. Okay. Yeah. So if we say I am frustrated, the dominant yeah. concept there is frustrated, right? right. Yeah. Because I am frustrated. And what do we experience? Frustration. When we were saying it, we're experiencing it, we're reinforcing it. And we're focused on the experience, but not who we are. As we say, I am frustrated, we soften it, or we pause before it, I am frustrated. We soften, we pause, we start to tune in, not so much to the frustration any longer, but we tune into I am. Right. Right? Right. And I am is always what? It's always peace. It's always love. It's always happiness. It's health. It's being. So healing, in the reconnective healing experience, we suddenly find that the illusion of the experience that we're under tends to fall away, even though we don't view it as an illusion. Well, I know it's real. I've gone to the doctor. I'm taking the medicine. It's shown up on x-rays. We have a lot of external reinforcements. So how does the healing happen? I don't know, but it does. When people experience reconnective healing, the healings tend to have very little to do with faith, hope, and belief. A lot of people come in and say, oh, I know this will work. I, 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 I believe in it. I have faith in it. I'm open to it. It doesn't care. Reconnective healing doesn't care whether you believe in it any more than, um, than the chair that you just sat down on cares whether you believe in the chair. It's going to catch your butt anyway. It's just there. So healing is really the revealing of our infinite being. It's the revealing, it's the recognition of who we are. It's the revealing of ourselves to ourselves. It is a glimpse of our shared beingness instead of the illusion that we're 8 billion people on the planet all running around separate and different and unrelated to one another. So how do we get ourselves to be in a place to receive or experience that revealing of ourselves? There's nothing that you do to get yourself there. Because you are there. So ultimately what it is, is the willingness to be an observation. To even leave the concept of, like we talked about in the first book in the reconnection, being the observer and the observed, the witness and the witnessed. Well, that's kind of cool. But really, when we look at it, even then, we're not subject and object. We are observation itself. We are beingness in itself. And when we release intention and allow ourselves to observe, what am I experiencing here? What's going on? In observation, we are in receivership. Our innate if you want to use the word divine, design is that of receiving. 
And in that, the illusion of sending in separation falls away just like that rust falls off of the bell, allowing for the beautiful, the beauty of the music again to resume. Now, this is a different conversation than you were thinking about. And you're going, <laughs> Shit, I don't know how to ask questions about this. <laughs> so go back to some of your preset questions that you may have come up with just in case. And let's see where they play. And I think you're going to explain. So I should tell everyone right now, here's the deal. The deal is, you'll love reading The Reconnection. You'll love it. It's it's funny. I've had people write to me that they were embarrassed. They were reading it in public places, started laughing out loud. That's great because the language is book and chair and color. Words are of form. Words are a form. They tell us this microphone feels like this and the picture looks like that. And yet, really, when we're looking at healing, is healing a form or is healing formless? So now here we are, kind of stuck into what we probably volunteered ourselves for, maybe at some level, this human experience of form, trying to describe the formless. It's not easy. And every time we think we're there, we find out how we're not. Um, how do you describe being? How do you describe awareness? How do you describe the infinite? And so we run around trying to make things more infinite, but you can't add to the infinite because it's already infinite. Go ahead shoot for some of your questions <laughs> well all right it's more of it's more of me just computing um the first question that makes me think of what you the first question that i had was why is a conversation like this hard for people to have and then the second thing goes into the fact of you you said uncertainty at the beginning and then i just watched a documentary that said that uncertainty is something that like we have to live with for our whole entire like life requires uncertainty forever and that's like a hard concept for people to 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 let go and not know is it hard to do but that also feels like letting go of the i am frustrated is hard to do rather than just being and being the i am which yeah. is being yeah okay i am how do you feel i mean just say to yourself hi i am how do you feel when you say to yourself i am open uh-huh. Who is I? When we say I, it's the only thing we really know. It's our name. Who is aware of your thoughts right now? Awareness, the infinite. And you say, I want this or I want that. You don't question who am I. You know I. Everything else can fall away, but I doesn't leave. I is your awareness of self. Well, who else are you aware of when you say I? No, that's true. That's, that's the, it's, that makes sense. And is am the state of being then? Could be. 
Um, really, what's most important is that we recognize the I. And I'm, you're laughing, but I'm, and the reason I said could be, yes, to us it is being raised in English. Mm. Bear in mind, some languages do not have a word for M. So when they say I, M is implied. Mm. So I, I wasn't trying to be funny when I said could be. I'm just saying depends, you know. Well, and I wasn't laughing at you being funny. It's just this whole uh, concept that like makes me smile. And it's very like, it's exciting. I am is egoless. It's just egoless existence. And without the ego, we bring our gifts into the world differently. So what we try to do, why do people want to be healers? Look, you know, as I told you, as I mentioned, I think before we started the interview, um, there are three books. The first book is, let me break it down simply. The first book is called The Reconnection, Heal Others, Heal Yourself. Did I plan to write that? No, not exactly. What happened was that as I started getting more and more invitations to speak um, around Southern California and then around the country, um, someone did an audio and sent it off to Hay House Books, and they came back to me and said, we want you to write this book. I said, I don't know how to write a book. And they said, well, we'll tell you how. We want to write it in thirds. Put the first third of the book, your early life, and interesting things that happened to you. The second third of the book, how you discovered reconnective healing, what it is, and the third portion of it to be a basic how-to. So I did it, and it worked. And look, the reconnection is in forty-plus languages, I believe, right now, all around the globe. Um, second book was sort of written for me, in a sense. Um, I didn't expect it. I, as I was holding my hands near my patients, some of them started losing consciousness and speaking some words. One patient, Fred Ponsloff, started to say, you know, his his head went back and his mouth opened and his tongue moved and the voice came out lightly like this and then became stronger. And he said, we are here to tell you to continue doing what you are doing. What you are doing is bringing light and information onto the planet. Um, I thought, all right, this guy's just having a moment. I don't know. He had been a patient of mine for a while. He seemed pretty normal up until then, but there it was. And, and there was something feeling powerful about that moment. But two days later, three other patients said those same first two sentences. We're here to tell you to continue doing what you're doing. What you're doing is bringing light and information onto the planet. Two of them added what you're doing is reconnect. Oh, two of them or three of them? I don't remember. Now. Added what you're doing is reconnecting strands. One of them said what you're doing is reconnecting strings. So yeah, it was two days later, it was three other patients. And then Fred came back in later that week, said what you're doing is reconnecting strings. So I thought that's pretty weird. This went on for three months. Patients started repeating these same six phrases and bringing in some other things. Then it stopped. 
but it continued coming through the first patient, Fred. And I thought, well, if it's going on, with, look, there were over 50 patients in the beginning. I said, there's 55, <laughs> zero. And I said, well, I guess it'd be silly to bury my head in the sand. I'll at least pay attention. So I started tape recording the sessions um, because people weren't really believing that they had spoken those words because they weren't aware. They weren't hearing themselves speak. So I recorded them. We held on to those for about 15 years or so published it in a second book called Solomon Speaks on Reconnecting Your Life. It's amazingly insightful. Why did I hold on to it so long? I had enough problem being a doctor and how people viewed me with healings going on. Now do I want to be related with channeling? But on the other hand, who am I to let my own personal ego of judgment, my personality, say, something is real, but don't share it with anyone because what other people might think of you. Well, I did that for long enough, and then I let it be published in a book by Fred and I. Well, now that we're gaining better understanding of what's going on with insights of wonderful you know, researchers in quantum physics and, and people who understand non-dual concepting and such, um, Jillian, my, my life partner of um, 10 years, we're getting ready to celebrate our 10th anniversary in a week or so. Um, we just released our third book, um, which has been on Amazon for about two and a half, three weeks, called The Direct Path to Healing. And I'll tell you why it's called that, but it's called The Direct Path to Healing, a trinity, not to sound religious, but it is three. Um, the Direct Path to Healing, a trinity of energy, light, and information. It's called The Direct Path because just like healing is simply receiving, it's the recognition that you and I and all of us in this conversation today, watching, listening, are one. And it's just like I asked you to stand up, everyone, and take a step toward yourself, but you couldn't because there's no path. That's what the direct path is. It's a pathless path. We're already there. But so it's so difficult for some of us to grasp this, that we go looking for the how-tos and the where's, and we take journeys for months, weeks, sometimes decades, and where are we headed? Back to where we already are, ourselves, in that oneness. So it's not as seductive as buying all the ornaments and learning the next techniques and changing our diets. And because the concept of doing is attractive and it's also attractive to the ego. Now I was going to share something with you and I entirely forgot it. So instead I'm going to say everything we've ever truly longed for can be found in the simple knowing of our own being because that's who we are and that's the healing we're looking for if you're looking to either receive a healing or facilitate a healing you will not find that secret in a mountaintop in tibet kept by someone who only eats vegetables you know three days a week and lives on water you're not going to find it in a church in Brazil by someone who is, you know, trying to find a different approach or a different technique or through a different religion. It's you. 
Because in the freedom of letting go, and, and don't let me forget this, because this okay. is your point that triggered it to me, and I forgot. Your point was about um, the seeming chaos of not knowing. Remember? Yes. Existing and not knowing? Yes. Okay. It's like when we're trying to do something, we're in comparison, we're working, we're building, we're efforting, we're getting closer, we're getting closer, we're getting closer. Pardon the analogy to dairy, but if you're going to create cream, doesn't it all float to the top the same? Is it in judgment? Uh-huh, that cream's getting ahead of me. I better move up higher. Is there a level that the cream can get to that other cream can't get to? Mm -hmm. Of course not. So every time we place someone on a spiritual pedestal, all we're really doing is pushing ourselves down. We're playing small. Who is that benefiting? Who is it benefiting when we play small as Marianne Williamson's famous quote, which there's much more to it than, than I've forgotten. But when we dim our lights so that other people don't feel insecure with it or so that we're not worried about being judged. So what are we doing with these? How did you ask your question about not knowing? I think it was more of a blanket statement of why is it why the the fear of living in uncertainty and understanding that we are going to always have to live in a fear in a state of uncertainty on some level. Right. So what about finding the peace and centeredness of who we are in the seeming chaos of the unknown? When we don't know what it is, when it seems uncertain, we call that chaos. The body's gone into chaos. Let's fix it. Fix it. So we start introducing different drugs and different approaches to change the action that we don't understand. Does the fact that we don't understand it mean that something's wrong with it? Do we need to change it? Or is chaos simply a level of organization that we don't understand? Can we be at ease in that knowingness? You know, when we visit allopathic um, doctors or other healthcare practitioners, what they do is they diagnose a situation. That's how they're trained. And that's perfect. That is their role in that field to diagnose. And then what do they do with that diagnosis? They determine using the limitations of the human educated mind and agreed upon general consensus of opinion at that moment of what these things mean to give you drugs that hopefully don't have terrible side effects and they don't have to give you new ones to replace and they fix it. So it's diagnose, treatment, therapy. That's not what healing is. Although a lot of people in the healing world get a little lost in that. They muscle test to find the problem. They hold their hands over an area of increased density. They, they look at where they think the problem is coming from. There's a shoulder problem, but how, so they hold their hand over the shoulder. How do you know the problem's not coming from the big toe? You know, look at the intelligence of the body. If an athlete injures him or herself on the playing field, what happens? There's swelling, pain, heat, altered function in the area that's damaged. What is that? The swelling is the intelligence the brain-body communication, sending healing nutrient fluids down. The heat changes the temperature, so you've got different interactions. The redness is the altered movement of the blood flow. None of this is stupid. None of this innate 
or universal intelligence demonstrated in the innate body is stupid. It's intelligence. Otherwise, it would be called innate stupidity, and it's not. So why? what do we do in a lot of ways? Well, we could go to professional therapists who might inject a swollen area with um, a steroid to bring the swelling down, or might take some um, electrical stimulants like ultrasound to short circuit the pain, meaning short circuit the brain body communicating when the brain, when the, the body is calling to the brain, help me, help me, help me. There's damage down here. Send me nutrient fluids and change blood flow and everything. But we, you know, we get rid of the swelling because we don't recognize it. It looks chaotic. Right. We get rid of the pain because we don't like it, but it's the body's communication. A lot of healers model that allopathic approach. They come in with their hands. They say, there's swelling in this part of the body. Let's bring it down. There's redness here. Let's change it. Um, the shockers should be spinning in this direction, but this one's spinning in that. So we're going to change. How do we know that the infinite intelligence of the universe reflected in the innate intelligence of the human body, if there is a spin change in the chakra in the first place, how do we know that's any less intelligent than redirecting the blood flow? How do we know if something's going on that's any less intelligent than the rest of the way the body heals? Can we find that peace and that centeredness that allows us to be presence, beingness that we are? Megan, that's all you and I and everyone else watching today shared. I just was present. Oh, I moved my hands a little bit. Why did I move my hands? Well, it helps me feel. It creates a little movement. Sometimes I like to do that, but really it's just presence. You can do it with the eyes. You can do it without the eyes. You, you can be born blind and without arms or legs and facilitate healings. There are ways to be more entertained. It's really for you and presence and play and interact with it. But Really, it's just about being. We are the field. We are this presence. We are love. We are beingness. We are health. So what are we receiving? Us. What are we unveiling? Us. We are really simply unveiling our soul to ourselves, our being to the being that we are. And we're saying, well, why are we talking about this? This is supposed to be about healing. What, what's this whole concept crap going on here? Well, it's a portal. It's the doorway that allows us to step into the recognition of our beingness. It is this understanding. And guess what? This is our healing itself. And our healing cannot stand alone. Because my healing, as we said, is yours. Is the neighbor that you love and it's a neighbor that you don't like at all that tells you your music's too loud on, on a Saturday night and it's only 8 p.m. <clears throat> How much does meditation <laughs> come into play with this, if at all? Meditation? Yes. Okay, you ready for another one? We think of meditation as something that we do. That's the path. Meditation still doing is who we are. We are meditation oh. is who we are. Do you need to do something to 
to be who you are. Can you become who you are? No, you can't because you already are. But we can hide it and we can say, okay, I need to do, say my mantras. I need to <laughs> visualize, you know, these things that I want. Look, when you're receiving a healing, stop asking, stop telling, stop deciding how you need. Uh, yoga is something that you are. It's not something you do. They go, great, get in the asanas, get in the asana, great. But the point is, when you ultimately release that, you release it. When we allow these techniques to dissolve, they leave behind the fragrance of who we always are and will be. We're not going to grasp this from one conversation, but it is going to trigger things that will absorb and assimilate. This is not... I would love to say that, you know, this is what I've come up with. I haven't come up with it on my own, but I recognize it. There are wonderful, brilliant people who can take you on any of these points we've talked on and some wonderful journeys. There's Rupert Spira, there's Bernardo Kastrup, there's there, um, um, Eckhart Tolle. I mean, there's a recognition, there's the illusion that we're all separate and individual. And there's a recognition that we're one. But in that recognition, the recognition is the portal, it is the doorway, it is the healing itself. We have, um, I have what's called, uh, we have, Jillian and I did what's called the, um, the portal. It's an online program of about eight hours, usually the first um, hour you can get for free. Um, on our website, it's, the website's the same name as the first book, thereconnection.com. Um, and it's called the portal because it's as if we're walking through a doorway. The point is, we are the doorway. So we played with I am, mm -hmm. and I'm going to quote um, Rupert on this. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking here, I'm, I'm reading it because I, I want to get this quote as accurately as I can, Rupert Spire. The I am is like a portal in the back of the mind through which we pass out of time and into eternity, out of the cerebral and into the omniscient the all-knowing. It is a portal through which, as the finite mind steps through that portal, it is freed, divested of its limitations at that moment, and our true nature, which is always perfect, that's my ad, our true nature recognizes itself. I'm going to give you one other that's a slightly different way of saying it. The I thought is a portal through which consciousness passes into time. And when it passes through the same portal in the other direction, it regains its freedom. It passes into eternity. So the I, the I am is the first freedom and the last freedom. And in freedom, 
is our healing. So we can go, God, this conversation is just like messing with my head. And I didn't plan all this. I was just wanted to hear healing. I wanted to know which pendants to buy for what problem and my knee hurts. And my husband's got a kidney problem. Huh. Okay. Got it. Here's the thing. Once we get this, once we own it as our being, and if you read the reconnection, if you read the direct path to healing, you can sit with this. And as you take the training programs for reconnective healing, you can learn how to do this. Great. But here's the point. As we let go of all the investments and the encumbrances of the externals, the jewelry, the techniques, remembering to say the right words, I'm sorry, you're sorry, please forgive me. As we let go of all of that, what we regain is the recognition of what we've never lost, the internal power, which is eternal, as Gary Zukav would say. The internal power, our internal power, is our eternal power. And I can pretty much make you two promises. So let me say this in plain English. A, once we release all of that external, once you actually learn or understand this approach, reconnective healing, promise A is you will be able to facilitate any and every level of healing that I can, that Jillian can, that any of our teachers can. And B, you'll be able to facilitate any and every level of healing that any human being anywhere on this planet, anytime, past, what we perceive as past, present, and future, because it's all now anyway, you'll be able to facilitate any level of healing that any human being anywhere on this planet can facilitate, period. You will rise to the same level that every molecule of cream will rise to because you are already that. So don't learn reconnective healing because you're looking to become enlightened. Don't read the direct path to healing because you're looking to become enlightened. You won't become enlightened there. You can't become enlightened because you already are enlightenment, but you will see this. This will be revealed and unveiled to you as the you that we've just somehow managed to keep hidden from ourselves. And in that, all of these things, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, health challenges, other challenges, relationship challenges with our children, with our spouse, career challenges, monetary challenges, just seem to fall away. They just fall away. So when we started talking, you asked me, you know, what is it? How does it work? I don't know that I know any more now than I did before, but I certainly have a lot. I, I, I hope certainly that we are asking ourselves better questions because our growth doesn't come in the answers. It comes in the questioning. Not that I have an opinion on the subject. Clearly, I don't.
You talk a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, damn it. Why are they laughing so much? Healing is a serious subject. There's no laughter. There's no life. There's no love. See, when it comes to things like this, it takes my brain a few minutes to compute. So that's why I have nothing to say immediately. (laughs) You know what? The greatest communication comes in silence. Yeah. The greatest communication comes really in silence. Can we grasp this? Can we understand that we can't technique our way into love i feel that our way into healing i can i feel that like i feel there's like a certain just letting go and letting it flow right now i believe we discover more when we when we challenge ourselves to not say things the way we've always said them tell me more Um, when we look for words to describe it, it's well, it's easy, you know, uh, um, let go and let it flow, you know. And what happens is we've heard it, so it's kind of like you know, or or, or a Hallmark T-shirt that says "Love, yeah. everything is love, love, love yeah. is great." But what happens is then we think that we got it because it sounds familiar. I already know, it. and we don't challenge ourselves to look for it. So I try to challenge myself to find new ways of explaining things. I mean, you, you, look, when I'm talking to you, how many times do you see my eyes go here or here or here? It's, it's me looking inside. I feel like an right. old-fashioned pinball machine and the right. things popping around looking for something. So when we talk about this, when we, when we don't know where to start, we've already begun. we don't know how to explain it we're already understanding it um i think this ties into what you were saying of you can't necessarily you can't use do you think it's more of like feeling and experiencing rather than being able to intellectualize and verbalize You mean words being a form and we're trying to use them to communicate formless? Yes, yes, yes. So another thing Rupert Spira says that I just love (gasps) is- You're killing me here. Keep going, sorry. In everyday life, our experience obscures the being that we are. Can you say that again? In everyday life, experience obscures our being experience being you know finite limited experience being being the infinite who we are so we get involved with our frustration or the person who cut us off on the road or or hurry up can't this line move faster i want to get my ice cream and still catch my bus experience obscures um the the infinite of being that we are in the reconnective healing experience Well, in reconnective healing, all of those outside experiences fall away and all that there is for us 
is being. These are our glimpses. It allows us to be aware of our being, to come back to ourselves, to cease losing ourselves in the excitement of the experience, to cease limiting our being by what appears to be external circumstance. Um, this is really yoga. This is really meditation. This is prayer, not beseeching prayer, where every time we sit down to pray, we're asking God for something that we want or need for ourselves or for someone else. But I mean, it's really this state of prayer of infinite. It is awareness. We are awareness. We are consciousness. Our physical being is really yet another experience of that. Our being is not our being. It's being, which is infinite. And then being is letting go of these social and intellectual constructs that we create in order to help us make sense of the uncertainty rather than just being in the uncertainty that is being. That's not what being is. That's what reveals being. Got it. Okay. Okay. Yes. Because ultimately, being, being is. is. No, that's it. Yes. That's the end being of the sentence. Is. Being is. I am. It sounds like this philosophical thing, but it's not. Okay. Because it's really a recognition of an example of who we are. We're going, but I want to learn how to do healings. When do I place my right hand here and my left hand there? It has nothing to do with the physical any more than the asana has to do with yoga. The asana is the long path to yoga, which we already are, which is the pathless path or the direct path. Okay. Where are you going to hear about it from your viewers? What kind of a thing did you make me tune into? <laughs> I know, right? Is this guy crazy? Like, what did you just do, people Megan? People are hearing voices and he's waving his hands in the air and supposedly people are having healings. Well, you know, you, you go look that one up. You know, we're we're way past that. That was the excitement of where I was when Reconnective Healing showed up that, that day, that night I was telling you about, that was August of 1993, for goodness sakes. We're way past that story. We're way past that story. Um, as um, Konstantin Karatkov, one of the um, Russian researchers who works um, with the government there and, and um, all their um, Olympic athletes, said, you know, we're, we're way past looking at whether or not there is healing. Now we're looking to understand it. Now we're looking to know where it is and, and what it is. There's a, where am I going? I, I want to I find you to see. 
I can find you this one little quote that I really liked. Um, I can't. There's just too many things in here to find it on, but okay. it's really... It's really just a recognition of healing. It's really just simply a recognition of who and what we are. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Master Energy Podcast. If you like this episode, please like, subscribe, and share, and check out those show notes for more links on finding Dr. Eric Pearl and his book. So have a great day day, great week. We will see you next time on the Master Energy Podcast.